Welcome back to another episode of Crawford Insights, the podcast where we take a recent post from one of our perspectives pieces and go more in-depth with the author. I'm your host, Tom Bueller, Portfolio Manager at Crawford, and today we'll be discussing It All Started With a Can of Beans with our founder and most frequent guest, John Crawford III. Welcome back for yet another episode, John. Tom, it's always a pleasure. We always enjoy having you. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know if you recall this or not, but you once shared this story with me while we were out on the road trip to see a client many years ago. It's an unexpected and interesting story, and one I'm certain our listeners will enjoy. Without further ado, let's talk about how it all started with a can of beans. Sounds like a good topic to me. (laughs) All right. So we're going to go all the way back to 1965 when you were in graduate school. However, you were not studying finance. You were actually getting a divinity degree, which is something that I don't think many financial stories begin with that direction. Let's just say I was thinking about higher things. (laughs) Well played. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, we're we're talking high finance here, John. Well, can you set the stage for us on some of the things that were going on in 1965? Well, I can tell you about what was going on with me then. And by the way, this is kind of a a personal podcast that we're doing. It's a little different than the others we've done. It centers on a particular experience that I had. I do think that it has some relevance, and I think we can draw from it some things that are relevant to the way we invest today and kind of the attitude that we take to our work. So with that, well, in 1965, I, was, I had just gotten married, and I was in my third year of seminary at Drew University. I can't even remember how, but I had about a, maybe $1,000 to invest. And, of course, I, I didn't know what to do with it, and I'd never been an investor. My family was not really an investor, so I didn't have a history. My in-laws, however, did have a local broker, and they asked him if he would talk with us about an investment. So he was kind enough to do so as a courtesy to his client. So he came by and talked to us and made a recommendation that we invest this money in a company called Stokely Van Camp. Their most prominent product is pork and beans. I took the advice and bought a few shares of this stock. I think it was maybe a $15 stock at the time. I can't remember precisely, but it was something some, something like that. And so you mentioned you know, their main product was pork and beans in a can. Why would this broker recommend that type of company for you to invest in? Well, I think he was doing his job in somewhat in the same way we do our job, in the sense that he evaluated my situation, my needs, my level of awareness, and from what I could tell him about my investment objectives, and then recommend something that's appropriate. Similarly to the way that when we have a new client, we make an effort to get to know as much of their circumstances as we can, their investment idiosyncrasies, their need for income, how much money they have, what their goals are, their ages, all of these things, we put it together. And in his case, I think he was considering the fact that I was a first-time investor. I knew literally nothing about anything finance. It was a very conservative investment, a food company, a staple, and not likely to lose money in this kind of investment. And it paid a dividend. 
So I think that's why he recommended it, and that was probably the right thing to do. Yeah, makes a lot of sense to set someone up for success with their first investment. So the story goes on like this. A year later, I have my first church, and again, I'm not really thinking that much about this stock that I own, but occasionally I look at it, it's kind of just plodding along, not doing much, and all of a sudden its trading pattern began to change and it began to tick up in price. This took on some significance for me before I knew it. This thing was not 15, but 45. So I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, this is good. This is good. I just started to get excited about this. I mean, the prospect of $1,000 becoming 3000 and thinking that maybe 10000 could become thirty. Or a hundred could be three hundred, or a million could be three million. My whole kind of consciousness about money and the idea that you could actually make some money by owning a stock was good. Did you know at that time what the driver of this growth from 15 to $45 was? No, I did not. I don't know how many people knew. Some people knew, obviously. Right. But uh, as it turned out, Stokely Van Camp had acquired the rights to a beverage that had been developed at the University of Florida that had really great thirst-quenching capabilities, and it was being purchased by the U.S. government to hydrate our soldiers in Vietnam. And, of course, it wasn't too long before they could figure out that this had commercial applications beyond the military, and now we know that that product was Gatorade, which has become an iconic product now, what, 50 years later, Mm -hmm. and uh, owned now by PepsiCo and one of their mainline products. So no, I didn't know about it, but once I did learn, of course, it made perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. You wrote in your article, and I'm going to quote you here, the Stokely Van Camp investment taught me that investing can not only be profitable, but a lot of fun. What about investing do you consider to be fun? Well, making money. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> that, that's the most fun. No, no, I'm being facetious here. Seriously, I think it's the process. I think there's a romance to investing in stocks. So you, you think about romance. I'm, and I'm not talking about puppy love kind of <laughs> romance, but I'm talking about romance in a larger sense. You know, Romance creates excitement. Romance has an element of mystery to it. Romance has an element of randomness to it, and these are all characteristics that, I mean, it's nice to be excited. Mystery is unknown that you're trying to figure out. The randomness, things can happen. I mean, this was a random event that happened. Now, it didn't happen just by chance, but it came out of nowhere, so to speak. So all of these things are very intriguing, I think, and they're all a part of the, of the search for proper investment. I mean, there's mystery in how it's going to work out in the future. So all of these elements come together, and it's a process. It's a lot of fun. And I'm indebted to Stokely Van Camp. It got me going. So when I got ready to leave the ministry, I'm thinking about a lot of different things that I might do, and one of which would be going into the investment field which, of course, I did, and after another step or two, finally made my way into investment management, which is, of course, where I've been 
having all this fun investing all these years. John, you mentioned that investing is about the future, and one of the things we know about the future is that it's uncertain. Given that the future is going to be uncertain and that likely drives the investment outcome, how do you select securities that will help you have a higher likelihood of success? Well, I think what you want to do is try to own companies who have positioned themselves in such a way, who have capabilities where what appear to be random events that are positive are actually planned events. And here I'm talking about really high-quality companies. That's the hallmark of what we do. But you think about it, a high-quality company, because it has resources, because it has management, because it plans its business and has the resources to execute its business as well, is able to do what Stokely Van Camp did, acquire these rights, make it into something, and, of course, benefit tremendously for it. So I think the range of outcomes for any investment is wide. But the higher quality, the more resources that a company has, not just uh, monetary resources, but qualitative resources like management and things of that sort, just they have the ability to reduce the range of outcomes and give you a better chance of eventually succeeding with that investment. That consistently applied high-quality investment process has served our clients well over the many decades that the firm has been in existence. Do you envision it will continue to be a rewarding way to invest going forward? Oh, I have no doubt about that. I mean, our economy domestically and globally is very competitive. And I think that you have going forward, not only domestically, but internationally as well, a slowing growth rate overall, whereas in previously GDP used to grow at 3%. It now grows at 2% and is likely to grow at 2% in the future because of things that limit it, like population growth and immigration. So you have a highly competitive environment. You have less growth economically to work with. So I think you need companies that really have resources, and that's what high-quality companies have. And they have the ability to compete in a slower-growth, competitive environment. We're going to stay with high-quality. I didn't expect anything different. John, all investors begin their investment experience someplace. You began with a can of beans, which may seem unusual, but it certainly has turned out well. Investing can be rewarding, teach us a lot, and make us quite humble if we think we have it all figured out. However, investing in high-quality, innovative companies has worked well for our clients over time. Thanks for reviewing your start in investing with us, as well as writing it out in your article, It All Started With a Can of Beans. That's it for our show today. If you haven't already done so, be sure to check out John's article, It All Started with a Can of Beans, on our website at insights.crawfordinvestment.com forward slash perspectives. Subscribe to the Perspectives articles while you're there, and be sure to join us for another episode next month.